0: WSJM News Now This is the 5 o'clock news block On News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire Download the free local news app today In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green The owners of the Orchards Mall Have paid for a deterrent system To push the thousands of gulls away from their property But now, will they craft a plan To bring businesses back? WSJM's Ken Lundberg takes a look. A lot is riding on May 26th for the owner of Orchards Mall. That's the agreed-upon deadline between the mall operator and Berrien County Commissioner Shokwe Pitchford for when a plan will be delivered outlining how mall operators will revive what has become a community eyesore in Benton Township. As heard on the WSJM Morning Show, Commissioner Pitchford says he knows there have been a lot of false starts, but he's confident all parties want to find a path forward that serves the community. This plan that they are going to give me on the 26th is a detailed proposal on what they want to do with the property, how much money they want to invest into the property, and it gives the building and grounds inspector of Benton Charter Township something to look at to see if the zoning is correct. Pitchford says once he receives the proposal, he will share it with stakeholders. Depending on what's contained, it might require zoning reviews and changes and create opportunities for additional monies from public sources. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News. The first recreational marijuana operation in Benton Township has been given preliminary approval. Trustees this week approved a special use permit for Richard Planger to grow and sell recreational marijuana at 2390 Pipestone Road. Previously, plans had been approved for a medical marijuana grow and processing facility. Township building official Chris Fuchs says the planning commission recommended the plan with several conditions. Any expansion for the retail use come back for site plan approval recommendations. Approval gives no guarantee a license will be issued by the township. There's conformity with the township ordinances and obtaining all licenses with the state of Michigan and the township. There are water plant and sewer plant conditions and compliance with all op- regulations. According to the planning report, Planger intends to apply for five Class C grow licenses. Those allow for up to 10,000 plants to be grown on site. State Representative Pauline Wenzel has been appointed to a new Michigan House task force looking into energy issues. She tells us the Energy Reliability, Resilience, and Accountability Task Force is seeking to reduce power outages around the state. We've had a lot of extreme weather events lately, as we're all aware, and we're putting this together to go around the state and talk to people, see what their ideas are, and to create some solutions. Wenzel is one of two Republicans on the nine-member panel. She says one way to address power outages is to avoid relying too much on one source of energy. We have a lot of new technologies that are coming out. We're all familiar with solar and wind, and, and they're growing constantly, but we need to come up with some common sense ideas ideas and ensure that we diversify, that we use all of these sources, propane, natural gas, nuclear. Another idea is to have more power lines be underground. Wenzel says as a member of the House Energy and Technology Committee, she's heard from power companies that process is time consuming and expensive. Still, she hopes that something Southwest Michigan can see one day. The task force will tour around the state to hear from residents all the way from the UP to Benton Harbor. Cass County Prosecutor Victor Fitz is among the prosecutors around Michigan opposing legislation in Lansing that would make anyone convicted of first-degree murder before their 19th birthday eligible for parole after 10 years in prison. He tells us the legislation goes far beyond previous changes to juvenile lifer laws. Fitz told us about one Cass County case to which the proposed new standard would apply. For instance, Robert Lehman in 1997, he got a girl pregnant, didn't like the fact she wouldn't get an abortion, so he took her on a walk uh, in a rural part of the county, showed her the grave that he had dug for her, and then he choked her, put her in the grave, and buried her. Uh, testimony at trial indicated she may have been buried alive. And instead of confessing to his crime, he misled the family for well over a year, believing that she was still alive. Fitz says the sentencing rules should reflect the seriousness of the offense. He's spoken to several other prosecutors, including Berrien County prosecutor Steve Parangeli, who told him they're also opposed to the legislation. They're banding together to speak out against House Bills 4160 through 64 and Senate Bills 119 through 123. That's why those bills are still in committee. The prosecutors are asking residents to reach out to their lawmakers about them. Michigan is poised to ban the handheld use of mobile devices while driving, as legislation to crack down on distracted driving has been approved in the legislature. How much of a difference will the rule change make, though? Speaking this week on the MDOT podcast, Talking Transportation... Ryan McMahon with Cambridge Mobile Telematics has said that driving behaviors have gotten worse, especially since the pandemic. The amount of distracted driving that we have seen overall is up, in some cases, 30%. The amount of time that somebody is spending interacting with their phone while driving, in this case, more than 10 miles an hour is up 30% in some cases. So what has that done overall? Well, we also know that we're facing a record number of road fatalities that have occurred over that same period of time. Cambridge Mobile Telematics studies driver behavior and crash data mcmahon says when ohio passed a similar law to the one about to be signed in michigan distracted driving may have dropped as much as nine percent during the first few weeks of implementation he noted roughly a third of all the crashes that his firm detects involve the driver with their phone in their hand up to a minute prior to the crash illustrating the mere act of handling a phone is a hazard and Barry and Risa will be celebrating graduates of its various programs this month. Superintendent Eric Hopstock tells us they'll start this Friday with the graduation of Barry and County High School students from the Math and Science Center. They spend half of their day in a program with advanced studies in mathematics, science, and computer science. And then they are able to take some electives through Andrews. But So even though they're coming from our constituent districts, we're going to honor a number of those graduates on Friday evening at 6.30. That graduation event will be at Andrews University. Hopstock says graduation for students on the autism spectrum from the Lighthouse Education Center and ASD program will be May 26th at the Center in St. Joseph, while graduation for students with mental disabilities from the Blossomland Learning Center will be on May 31st at the Center in and Springs. He says for many of the students, making it to graduation has been a major challenge, and Risa wants to make it special and honor them. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. Well, USJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwazak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden is on his way to the G7 summit in Japan, and before leaving, he said he was optimistic about the direction that the talks on the debt ceiling have been going. President Biden expressed optimism Wednesday that negotiations to avert a government default would be successful. I'm confident that we'll get the agreement on the budget that America will not default. With House Speaker Kevin McCarthy calling for work requirements for some federal aid programs to be part of the negotiations, the president said he would not support anything that cuts medical benefits. And while he did say there may be some new requirements he would agree to, the president said they would not be, quote, anything of consequence. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan, were trailed in their car by photographers as they left a New York City charity event Tuesday night, briefly taking refuge at a police station before being whisked away in a yellow taxi. The pursuit and media frenzy evoked memories of the 1997 car chase through Paris that killed Harry's mother, Princess Diana, although in this case, police said no one was hurt. The royal couple set off alarms when their spokesperson claimed today that they had been dangerously pursued by paparazzi in a, quote, near-catastrophic car chase. That account led New York's mayor to condemn the paparazzi as reckless and irresponsible. Authorities along the U.S.-Mexico border say the feared chaos has not materialized since last week's end of Title 42. But border encounters did increase at, as the end of 42 it neared. as we hear from ABC's Alex Stone. The number of times federal agents arrested and detained migrants along the border went up from March to April. According to new data from U.S. Customs and Border Protection, overall encounters went from 192,000 in March to 211,000 in April. It was expected that the end of Title 42 would cause numbers to rise, though fears of the border being overwhelmed like never before after the end of Title 42 have not turned into, into reality, and in fact numbers have been going down day by day since Title 42 ended. Alex Stone, EBC News. Florida is banning gender affirming care for minors effective immediately. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis signed a series of anti-LGBTQ bills today. Others address drag shows and how schools handle the use of personal pronouns in restrooms. Planned Parenthood immediately started at canceling appointments for gender affirming health care. DeSantis has promoted anti-LGBTQ legislation as he prepares to seek the GOP presidential nomination. His bill-signing ceremony at an evangelical Christian school had a campaign-like feel, with DeSantis throwing Sharpies to a cheering crowd. State Senator Chevron Jones, who is gay, said the governor chose a setting where he was likely to get praised for bigotry. Access to abortion medication is in the balance. While the Supreme Court's ruling last month will maintain the status quo around the abortion pill until a final decision is made, ABC's Devin Dwyer tells us the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals is hearing the case targeting Mifepristone today. It is very fiery. It's going on right now. A very conservative panel of judges pushing back on the Biden administration's appeal this afternoon uh, of that Texas judge ruling, which we covered extensively here, that would strike down uh, the validity of Mifepristone nationwide. That's the most widely used abortion medication in the country. The government says that decision, which is on hold, of course, is deeply flawed. A grand jury has indicted a man who was already charged in the stabbing deaths of four University of Idaho students, allowing prosecutors to skip a planned week-long preliminary hearing that was set for late June. Brian Kohlberger was arrested late last year in charge with burglary and four counts of first-degree murder in connection with the November 13, 2022 slayings of four students at a rental home near the University of Idaho campus. At the time, Kohlberger was a graduate student studying criminology at nearby Washington State University. A preliminary hearing had been scheduled for June 26, but now that will be skipped and the case will go directly to a district judge. Several suspects have admitted to selling fake nursing credentials. More maybe ABC's Derek Dennis. Guilty pleas from five suspects named in a multi-state scheme to create and sell illegal nursing diplomas. ABC News was first to report on the investigation back in January involving federal law enforcement charging more than two dozen alleged conspirators. They were accused of peddling more than $100 million worth of bogus nursing diplomas and transcripts issued by Florida-based nursing programs. Some 7,600 fake credentials then sold as shortcuts for individuals to become licensed practicing nurses. The five Defendants admitted to profiting off the scheme and have pleaded guilty to wire fraud conspiracy. Each could get up to 20 years in federal prison. Derek Dennis, ABC News. Disgraced Theranos CEO Elizabeth Holmes will remain free through the Memorial Day weekend before surrendering to authorities on May 30th. That would be the start of her more than 11-year prison sentence for defrauding investors in a blood testing scam. A federal judge set Holmes's revised prison reporting date after her lawyers proposed it in a Wednesday filing. It came after a federal appeals court late Tuesday rejected her bid to remain out of prison while she attempts to overturn her conviction on four felony counts of fraud and conspiracy. The punishment also includes a $452 million restitution. The 39-year-old Holmes will leave behind her two young children when she reports to prison. And Johnny Depp has addressed controversy. At a film festival, more if maybe he sees Jason Nathanson. Johnny Depp's new film, Jean Dubéry, opened the Cannes Film Festival Tuesday night, getting a reported seven-minute standing ovation. Wednesday, he faced the press. <laughs> merci, merci asked what he would say to those who don't think he should be at the festival. Who are they? Why do they care? They are supporters of his ex-wife, Amber Heard, who's accused Depp of abuse, allegations he denies. Anonymous, with apparently a lot of spare time. He also said it's a strange time in Hollywood because no one can be their true selves. Because they must fall in line with the person in front of them. He says that's not the kind of life he wants to live. Jason Aethanson, ABC News, Hollywood. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.